Warning, this episode contains mature language, adult situations, magical potions that give you a buzz, David Lopin, fancy wire work and martial arts, green explosions, useless reporters, and a random Caucasian Chinaman goon. Listener discretion is advised. Ah, oh, come on. What the hell? Demon Bag! Hello and welcome to a special supplemental episode of the Spark and Monger View. I'm your host, Zahn, and with me today is my good friend, Deke. Hello, everybody. Yes, yeah, so it's, as you can guess, this is not a regular episode of the Spark and Monger View because we're not reviewing a manga today. Can you believe it? It's a miracle. I promised you guys a supplemental episode for I don't know how fucking long. It's been maybe a year. No, it's been six months, and last time we did it was we did the entire music episode, which was just that huge top 50 music to get you into it, and I promise you a couple of other stuff, but, well, honest with you, I said, fuck it, I want to do something different, because I love reviewing other stuff, and kind of with manga, I love it, I love reviewing it, and as you can tell, I'm going to keep doing it, but I need something different, something new. So, I called my friend Deke, and we said, you know what, we're going to review a movie which the greatest movie ever podcast and Dave and Joel has not covered yet, and what movie is that? Big Trouble in Little China, one of the gems of the 80s that came out cult classic by today's standards of all means and uh, yeah thanks for bringing me out I'm uh, a couple of layers below the earth's surface there's uh, black blood of the earth all over the place in here Um, heavily fortified bunker there are stacks and stacks of mangas for all of you uh, listeners out there wondering and uh, yeah, so let's 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 do it, man. Yep, no problem, no problem. And for those of you who want to check us out, we are at spirekin.podbean.com, or and I'm also on Twitter under Spirekin, and you can call me at 206-426-6665. That again is 206-426-monk, and the email address is spirekin at gmail.com. Dun, 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 dun. Exactly. Blackmail. <laughs> That's sad. Most people are not going to get any of this, but. Oh, well. Yes, there's a lot of history. Now, if you remember, the last time I tried having someone on this show, that for a supplemental episode was the infamous Street Fighter 4 episode. And my friend Corrado, a.k.a. Jim, he was going to come over, and I was going to do it over at Deke's house. What happened was me and Deke, we were just chilling out there. We were playing darts, and... Yeah, we were getting together. We were, you know, we were kicking back, throwing a few cold ones back, saying, Ah, what the hell? And uh, you know, a little bit of uh, a little bit of bamboo bongs were going around. You know, I don't know what was well, happening. Well, either way, what well, happened was we were standing up, just throwing darts, and we suddenly hear a thud behind us. And we look, and Corrado's on the floor. His teeth is bleeding, and we think, did we have to go to the hospital for that? Or? We were about this close <laughs> to going to the hospital, and it wasn't more of a thud. It was kind of the sound that a melon makes if you dropped it on the concrete. I turn around, actually, as I remember, I was explaining darts to Corrado, and um, I was giving an explanation, I said, you know, the, the bull is worth uh, one, the bull's eye is worth two, and then I hear the like that, 
Next thing I know, there's a pool of blood on the floor. There's chips of teeth everywhere. I don't know. One thing led to another. We had to get him the hell out of there, and th- that was the end of the podcast. Yep, and stuff happened, and, well, unfortunately I had to do it. But this time it's different because someone's here, and we have no medical problems happening, and we're all sitting down, so we can't really fall over and pass out. And we're not like <laughs> Karata where any indulgence of any controlled substances will make him just kind of pass out. I mean, like weekend of stories about times when he he's been over and we've been partaking in some items and uh, uh, say them all say them all exactly and he'd just be sitting there or we're playing cards and for some random reason he'd walk off for two hours and then come back wrapped up in a blanket and then pass out on the de- <laughs> it usually looks like he was um passed out in a bush somewhere there's usually leaves and twigs on his clothes don't know why. Never really asked. Didn't have the heart or balls. So yeah. So we kind of leave him alone. He really wanted to actually be in this podcast, but we're going to save him for another one because hopefully we'll be able to do more of these John Carpenter movies. Oh, I, I say we revisit John Carpenter. I'm telling. I'm saying revisit John Carpenter before we actually visit John Carpenter. What is going on? My my my, my mind and spirit are going north and south right now. I, exactly. I don't know what's so going on. We should first get into the basic topic of what Big Trouble in Little China is about. Now, well, it was directed by John Carpenter and written by some guy named Weinstein and Goldman. Sound yeah, it's a it's a conspiracy. I, I don't even want to touch that one. Well, anyway, whole premise is it's about Kurt Russell playing Kurt Russell. No, he's no. playing. What would you say? <laughs> Jack Burton, man. Jack Burton is the everyman everyone wishes they could be. In fact, he's he's the everyman every action hero wishes they could be. He's he's tough and he's I don't know, man. He he's he's all over the place in this movie. No, he is. He is. He's just this guy who's just unlike with some of his other characters, like McGreedy from The Thing, who was a pilot and he was courageous, or Snake Plissken, the ultimate one-eyed badass. Burton is just kind of, I'm just guy stuck in a situation, and unlike John McClane from Die Hard, he has no military training, he doesn't know how to use a gun, he... He's never plugged a man, that's for sure. Exactly. <laughs> so, let's get back, let's go back, go back, because we're going a little ahead. So what happens is that Jack is, he's a, um, term would be, I think, a lorry driver? Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a truck driver, he drives a big rig, the Pork Chop Express, it's rolling through town. It must be like San Diego, wherever no, Chinatown it's is. San Francisco. And what happens is he okay. stops by to chat with his friend Wang Chi. And they proceed to gamble until, well, <laughs> 7 in the morning. <laughs> it was pretty much an all night bender. Uh, you know, Jack, he, he's pretty much the whole movie. He's drunk. When they. Alright, go on. No, 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 he's completely drunk and shit faced. And what just... happens is that after the night is over, Jack has won most of the money. And makes an agreement with Wang Chi that if he can cut a bottle in half, he'll give Wang Chi double what he had. No, like, Wang Chi will give him double or nothing. Yeah. Wang Chi thinks he, he can slice a beer bottle, a solid glass beer bottle, in half completely. And he's so confident in this that he will bet double, double or nothing. And in the 80s, $1,000 was... That was like fucking ten billion dollars. That's uh, dude. That's uh, you could fucking. You could buy you things could, like love. You could buy Nigeria for a uh, you know a thousand bucks back in the eighties. Shit. Yeah, most of you who are listening don't even remember the eighties or weren't even conceived in the eighties, so you, you'll be lost by this nostalgia we have. But 
eighties was the eighties. You had to be a kid in the eighties, but if you're but, not, I'm sorry. I apologize. But either way, so what happens is, of course, as you can get, because of the fact he's very nervous, he fucks up the bottle, and in typical, I'm gonna have a big plot point that's gonna allude to something later. Jack catches the bottle that's knocked away and says, "It's all in the reflexes." It's all in the reflexes. And so now Wang Chi owes Jack was like two. Yeah, it was like two two grand. What was I forget the exact like amount? It was like eleven one thousand one hundred and forty eight dollars, something like that. So like two grand, we'll say. And what happens is that he follows Wang Chi, and they have to go to the airport. Well, the reason you find out that Wang Chi fucked the bottle up in the first place was because his. His uh, mind and spirit were going north and south. He's head over heels in love with Mao, Mao, Mao Ying. Ying. And she is the dog's bollocks. She is the bee's knees, man. She is she is a Chinese girl with green eyes. Do you know how rare that is? Well, nowadays, all you need is a pair of contacts and you're set. Hey, hey, everybody can be Mao Ying. Exactly. So what happened is he paid to have Mao Ying come from China because he's going to marry her and he... And she's the love of his life. And so they go to the airport, the LAX. <laughs> the, the airport. <laughs> the airport in Big Trouble in Little China is like uh, the... What was that movie with John claude Van Damme? Uh, which one? Double Team? No, the fight movie. Which which fight movie? <laughs> the, the, the Fight Club movie. Uh, Bloodsport. Bloodsport, that was it. Kickboxing. No, it was definitely Bloodsport. It was... Was it Ogre was... in it? If Ogre was in it, it was, <laughs> it was Kickbox. Did you know Ogre is doing those uh, those uh, Capital One commercials with the Vikings? Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. It is. If, <laughs> go watch Revenge of the Nerds right now. Pause this. Watch Revenge of the Nerds. Or come we'll get, back. Or we'll get back to that. We'll do Revenge of the Nerds, maybe. Oh, 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 oh. oh. Might okay. Do that. Might do instead. I'm all over the place. I don't know where I'm going. Exactly. We're not. So anyway, so but ha- so back to what you were saying. So this airport is really well typical. It, it's badass. There's there's thugs in it. That's why I was talking about Bloodsport. There are some badass dudes in this airport. They're and flashing they pieces. They, wouldn't, they, wouldn't, they would not take that shit. They would have made it two feet into the airport. This they is would have, it's an 80s movie. They would have had to take their shoes off, you know? They, they would have had to get probed and, and, and frisked yeah. and yeah, back, in the back day, rooms. Back you just walk into the thing, you could have bull weapons on, guns, knives. Uh, <laughs> fucking ammo clips <laughs> strapped across your chest. Gold-plated, uh, you know, pistols. And the coolest goggles you've ever seen. Those these glasses with just so slit in them. If anybody is listening, I would love a pair of those sunglasses with the white ones with the with the slits in the eyes. If anybody can make that happen, if anybody has any kind of connections, I will send them manga and or DVDs because I have. Those. I I have cold hard cash. Mm-hmm. If uh, if you want to give uh, remember Zan. Zan uh, here uh, uh, a buzz, you know, give him an email, type, clickety yep. clack, uh, let me know. Yep. I, I will hook Remember, you up. Sparkin at gmail.com. But so what happened is that when he gets there, a whole botch thing happens because this girl, played by Kim Cattrall, Ooh. who was when she was super hot, now. Hmm. Now a little raggedy whore. But uh, in this movie, in the 80s, Kim Cattrall was hot. Before Sex in the City. This I'm talking mid '80s. You know, this is a, right around the time she was in Porky's. And you know. mannequin and police academy. Oh, mannequin, yes. She was naked in that one. And Andrew McCarthy was in that. Who's also in Weekend at Bernie's? Another, another movie. <laughs> it all comes full circle. <laughs> exactly. Either way, so 
What happens is because she's a um, stupid lawyer, she ends up causing this whole problem where Mao Ying gets kidnapped by this gang who's known as the the Wing Kong. The Wing Kong, yes. Which has stereotypical evil villain Al. No, Lords of Death. That was it. No, the Lords. Oh yes, the Lords. The of Lords Death. of Death was the the gang that that lifted um, Mao, Mao Ying. Ying. Okay. So anyway, the Lords, Lords of, of Death. Death kidnapped Mao Ying and beat the hell out of Jack. They they fucked him up, man. For no reason. He was just he was just there to pick up his buddy's girlfriend, right? In his typical way, because he wanted his cash, and he says, "Okay, if I I'll get my cash if I help you out." So now it's become. Son of a bitch must pay. Yeah. That's his priorities in life. It's a buddy flick where asses fucking roll. Okay. Yep. So they proceed to go into Chinatown, and for some magical purpose, they're able to get a. Three high, which is a three axle over seven point five feet tractor trailer into an alley. Which how they do it? Uh, they must have lubed up the, the the fender on the pork chop express to get in some of the alleyways that they were in because yep. it was tight. And I'm talking about tight. I'm talking tight. And when they go in, there's some old lady who's just kind of like, "Hey, can you help us out?" <laughs> She's cutting a, a duck. Yeah, she she literally slices a duck's head off and then proceeds to spit in in Jack Burton's general direction. I don't know what just walks what, away, leaving the duck there. I was, it's a it's a Hunan province thing. I, I, I don't if, know. If I was Jack, I'd have been like, yoink, <laughs> grab the duck, been like, I'll save this for later. I would just laid on the air horn until she opened her her shutters again. So anyway, so what happens is as they drive past her, they end up getting involved in a huge fight between. The Chang Sings and the Wing Kong, who are the the, the higher-ups of the Lords of Death. And in stereotypical fashion, you see two very familiar goons who are in every movie, Al Lang and uh, I forgot other random guy's name. Yeah, I forget the... Uh, he's, he's in everything. He's bald, he's got a handlebar mustache... Yeah. Oh man, Al Long, man. He he's He was in the Shadow, he was in Beverly Hills Cop Two, he was in Escape from LA. Uh, he was in the Perfect Weapon. He was in Double Dragon, Hot Shots Part Two, Last Action Hero. He was in Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted's. He was Genghis Khan. Yes, remember when he's skateboarding in the <laughs> fucking mall? Oh and man! Off, he was in another great movie, They Live. Oh uh, yeah. Whoa, he was in They Live. I didn't even know that. Now you're gonna go back and look at. He's like, there he is, with his mustache on. <laughs> so, anyway, long story short, as they're witnessing this huge gang fight between these two groups. Who it's during a funeral, so it's already fucked up as it could possibly be. What happens is suddenly these three guys show up. One guy who's just very fat, and I don't mean fat like it's not fat like um, like the blob fat. It's not fat like uh, your forty year old uh, uncle who has a real addiction to cheese doodles. You know, I'm, we're talking fat like muscle, like mass, like just a. Like the kingpin fat, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Much. Kingpin just... fat, and it's just he's there, and he's got his. <laughs> then you have this other guy who looks like he's Keith Richards, but Chinese, and he's just kind of like, oh. <laughs> and then there's finally this guy who comes down on lightning, like he's riding a, a pole, like when, or he's like holding a bus stop. Or yes, yes, yes. He's he's like sliding one handed down an invisible, uh, you know, well down a lightning bolt, basically. Yes, and these are the three storms, you know. Three storms. Yep, thunder, rain, and lightning. These three brothers who are the subor the subordinates of the evil David Lopin, who 
Who is played by the very mysterious and evil James Hong? James Hong is a gem. Thank God uh, for the communist revolution in China, because if that never happened, he might have never escaped that shithole to get over here and act in such wonderful movies as... Godzilla? Godzilla. And he was in The Day of the Earth Stood Still. Ah. The new one. Those are horrible, uh, horrible examples of the shining gem he was of American cinema. Alright, he was in Airplane. That is a and great movie. he was in Blade Runner. Blade Runner is another incredible movie. And he was in Wayne's World 2 as Cameron Diaz's father. Oh my god. We should be, we should be <laughs> reviewing Wayne's World 2 right now. What are we doing wasting our time with this? And he was in Balls of Fury. Yes, he was. He was, uh, yes, he definitely was. He was the master in that. James Hong, great man, very, very great man. But but but, but great men precede even greater men. We're, we we're not gonna. Well, actually, he came first because we saw him first. But yeah, we'll okay, okay, bit. okay. We'll get him in a bit. Just keep that in mind. Yep. So either way, so what happens is David Lopan is a tall, strange man in ancient Chinese garb. It's a seven foot tall man, he can ride right through him, basically. That's that's what one would say about David Lopan in this movie. Exactly. He's just a really tall, freaking guy who just beats the, you know, who they run run over, and they think, oh god, they, they killed him. They get out, and he's still saying that he's perfectly fine. He opens his mouth, and these bright lights come out of his eyes and just blind Jack Burton and Wang. Yes, they, they don't know what the hell is going on. Jack oh. blindly runs around a corner. Freaking Wang is splashing him in the face with a puddle to get his senses back. You can't look at that light that comes out of yep. a seven-foot-tall demon's eyes, man. Yep. That's, that's what happens to you. So what happens is they end up running back to Wang Chi's restaurant, which he owns, and you meet Eddie, a character who's is not... Useless, but... It's not completely useless, but it's still useless. It's not 100% useless. He punches a few bitches in the face. Holds he, a uh, shotgun. Yeah, he, 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 he sticks some, uh, you know, he's fast talker, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's, he's, not a, he's, he's not a bad character in the movie overall. And you find out that there's stuff about Lopan that Wang Chi is not telling Jack. Because Jack doesn't know, and now you see Jack, Kirk Russell... Talking to his insurance agent while in a women's kimono for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's because he is the only man that could pull off a woman's kimono. Well, besides me. Well, nah, scratch that from the record. <laughs> well, maybe. No, no, no. Get on with it! Alright, we're getting on with it. So, what happens is that now they have to, unfortunately, figure out a way to find out what happened to. Mao Ying, because the Lords of Death took her and they've sold her to the White Tiger, which is a happening place. <laughs> That's where all the men from out of town go to get their kicks on. And after seeing a very interesting display of Kurt Russell turning back into his old form from back in the Disney Channel days. <laughs> it was, it was uh, No, that was before the Disney Channel. That was uh, the computer wore tennis shoes days right there. Yeah, that, that was, was back in the 60s, man. That's the swinging what 60s, is, before baby. Kurt Russell became the man that you all know who he is, the man's man, he used to play geeky, smart people who just kind of just were geeky. In typical Disney fashion, um, they pretty much owned his contract, uh, and they basically put him in any piece of shit movie they wanted to, because <laughs> Disney owns kids, man. They own 
you. Yes, but unlike most of the other people, like how Hannah Montana is going to be and how most of these has-beens are, Kurt Russell <laughs> has risen above that to become, well, Kurt Russell. <laughs> Pretty much a god in his own right. Exactly. So what happens is that Kurt Russell, acting as in a very geeky insurance salesman, sneaks into the... White Tiger. Which isn't really that hard if you just wave a bunch of cash in front of them and say, Yeah, I'm looking for I'm looking for some bitches. That's all I had to really say. <laughs> say I want the chang. Throw a bunch of crumpled singles on the counter for Mrs. O'Toole to collect. <laughs> Strangely enough, there is a in this movie, I think it's unfortunately it's one of the biggest plot holes in history. But Mrs. O'Toole isn't the Irish lady you think she is, okay? She is like she is like wingding, freaking, you know. She's she's straight off the boat from China. She she's uh, well. She could have been married to an Irish guy. Her husband could have been Irish. <laughs> Very true. Women, maybe maybe women. on the railroad. I mean, she's she's an old bitch, man. She was women. She's... Women women get a pass. Women get a pass. <laughs> okay. We should have warned about racial slurs in this movie, but oh well, too late. Oh, <laughs> it's little China. Uh, yep, it's big trouble, in little China. So. After that, what happens is the three storms come, they find Mao Ying and beat the hell out of Jack again in a very cool scene where Jack, punching this guy in the face, which should have took him down, just one, two, guy still standing, hey, freaking... The guy literally floats, I, I shouldn't say floats, he kicks Jack Burton with both feet in his sternum, launching him back probably about a good 15, 20 yep. feet through a chair, and the guy... The this is rain we're talking about. He he lands on his feet. Picture standing, mm -hmm. two feet in air in Jack Burton's chest. Split second later, feet back on the ground like nothing happened. These guys are bad ass. Yes, one thing we do have to say about this movie, which we didn't say before during the fight between the the Wing Kong and the Chang Sings, is that the fight choreography in this movie is astounding. It is amazing. It, it for the for the the time period, the the talent that they had doing this. I don't know exactly who did the choreography. Choreography? Uh, no, cinematography. Sorry. <laughs> but but the fight scenes are just amazing. You you guys you will if you've never seen this movie, go see it. If if you love kick-ass fight movies, classic martial arts, crazy martial arts, magic martial arts. Very true. I mean, this is not level of kickboxer, or we'll even go as far to say double team, mm. or even most old school Jackie Chan movies but this is a very very good movie crazy wire work a lot of fast cuts a lot of head bashing a lot of people getting thrown through glass a lot of Chinese guys with with flintlock pistols for Christ's sake I mean they, they pulled out all stops yeah they, they just went we're gonna Here's a stop. Fuck the stop. <laughs> Fuck the stop. We'll go right over it. Just, just like Jack Burton always just... says. <laughs> it's all in the reflexes. Exactly. So what happens is now, of course, you're introduced to the next character who is completely and utterly useless and a waste of space in this movie. She had no reason to be in this movie. A reporter named Margo. Margo is the biggest waste. They don't even actually credit her name in the movie it was it was just a total waste of time i think yeah she's just there for for exposition well that was actually grace law the the lawyer who was trying to stop thing it was her issues she was the one who well she was miss exposition margo was just kind of like the exposition to miss exposition so she was useless yeah she was like waiting for her it was a very strange role i i, I don't know she was like a love interest for one of the characters i'm, I'm not going to spoil it for you you have to watch it to the end to 
see who uh, well, this movie Margo does, hooks up with. This movie does with. get a statute of limitations because it came out about 24 years ago. Holy shit, 24 years, we're old. Jesus, I was four years old when this movie came out. I was in kindergarten now, Jesus. Oh, God, we're old. Anyway, <laughs> anyway so this scene of them having to break into Lopan's secret dungeon leads to one of the most effective ways to break into a evil conglomerate with security guards with fully automatic weaponry. And how is that, Deke? With Cracker Jack reflexes, man. Jack Burton walks in there holding a telephone, a rotary telephone, just saying, yeah, where's the main junction box? And they fucking walk in like the wind. Guards never asked the question, never saw it coming. Yep, and Wang Chi is just kind of, he tells them, yeah, yeah, in, in Chinese, just gives them some explanation. They walk past, they get in an elevator, which only goes has buttons that go down. Yes. And Jack saying one of the greatest lines. <laughs> What is this, Chinese or oh, yeah. What is this, Chinese? It goes backwards? Not backwards, Jack. Downwards. <laughs> so they go down, down, down. And in typical fashion, of course, that wonderful display of Master of Disguisery didn't fool him one bit. So they decide, we're going to kill these motherfuckers, and they just fill up the elevator car with water. Salt water, by the way. And they're brought into the head of... I think it was like the hell of upside down torture or something. Ups- no, the drowned. Uh, no, the hell of upside down hanged torture and water or something. This movie has a lot of hells. Yes. The hells of boiling oil. The hell of, of, what is it? Skinning someone and serving them as Chinese food. <laughs> the, the hell of uh, General Chow chicken. Uh, there's a lot of fucking hells. There's more hells apparently in Chinese culture than there are. I don't know, fucking days on the calendar, exactly. basically. So then after that you have, well, essentially you are introduced to more close-ups of, after they're captured, you see rain and lightning and thunder torch, proceed to torture them in a very eloquent way, and you see the Keith Richard lips that rain has, and just kind of like, you're like, what the fuck? And you see the fatness of thunder. This guy, the, the rain, seriously, his lips are so big, he probably goes through... Uh, like at least five things of chapstick every single day. It's ridiculous. It's it's sexy and it's ridiculous. I don't know how a Chinese man's lips got that big. I'm I'm sorry. Yep, and well, Brain is the only one who looks normal. Yep, he acts really stupid at times. But <laughs> we're we're not there yet. No, 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 we're not there. Okay, and so you have also the introduction of the real David Lopin. Who, before, when you first see him, he's this very tall, imposing figure who's all white and scary. Seven feet tall. He's got a, he's got a fucking a needle sticking through his skull. You know, for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> it's like a hat pin, jammed through his brain. It's awesome. Check it out. And so, what happens is you see David Lopin is well, a decrepit old man in a wheelchair. Yeah, he's pretty much crazy son of a bitch, <laughs> man. Uh, yes, and. Well, <laughs> To be honest, he's just very... Well, he explains his whole master plan. The whole reason why he's kidnapped Mao Ying is because he's actually this 2,000-year-old immortal being who's been cursed by these two gods. Well, one is the god, the other one is the first sovereign emperor. Yes. And what happens is that he has to appease them both by marrying a girl with jade green eyes, which Mao Ying has. Yes. And what he has to do is he has to marry her to appease the god, and then to appease the emperor who he pissed off, he has to kill her. Yes. 
And, and that's his dilemma. So 2,000 years, he hasn't found a girl fit the bill, you know? And, of course, Jack Burton had one of the greatest responses of all time. Jack, what? I'm supposed to buy this shit? 2,000 years and he can't find one broad to fit the bill? Come on, Dave, you must be doing something seriously wrong. I love how Lopan just, his response was, he's like, he's like, you... There are others for sure. There are always others. But you know the difficulties between a man and a woman? <laughs> and then, of course, in typical fashion, Gracie Law decides to ruin the whole thing by her coming to the cavalry in the building which they just broke into and ruins it. And yeah, course, Eddie's there, Margo's taking up space and screen time, apparently. Is there, and of course she does the, he does the typical... Now this really pisses me off to no end. And they get captured as well. And then, But we hear, for the first time, we hear thunder talk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, apparently... Um, he didn't know a word of English. This, yes, uh, we're talking Carter about Wong. Carter Wong. He was very, he's actually a very famous uh, man in China. Um, he's, I think he did like the police training videos for the, the entire Chinese police. And uh, yeah, he didn't know a word of English. So uh, they must have uh, done about 6,000 takes to, uh, to get him uh, to say a couple, a couple of lines. I think what was the first one is... I can help you. <laughs> yes, I can help you. Well, yeah, that's his first his first English. He's been in a Is lot it? of martial arts. Yeah, movies. he's in, he's in he's famous over in China. He's like he's like fucking Elvis over yeah, there. And if you and a lot of movies we've seen, Shaolin Death Squad, Kings of Shaolin, Legend of the Living Corpse, Kung Fu Titans, uh, Man, what the Killer of Snake, Box of Shaolin, and then he came out in Big Trouble in Little China, and then he was in Kickboxer, and then. That's it. <laughs> yeah, pretty no. Wow, not much. Not much at all. But Carter Huang, he, he, he's a, uh, he's a true, a true gentleman, and uh, he can and, kick your ass on many different and levels. And he becomes very large. Yes, yes, to say the least. Yep, he becomes very large, and you also see his, well, his special leopard belt later on. <laughs> he's in the, uh, the. The, the leopard school of uh, karate, you know. Yep. <laughs> the leopard school of karate. He's a leopard belt. <laughs> yep. And then, so what happens is that through miraculous circumstances involving a wheelchair and some other things, Jack and Eddie and Margo and Kate and Crazy and everyone escapes miraculously, and we're introduced to the random white goon. <laughs> the random white goon. There, there was a room full of Chinese goons, and for whatever reason, there is one white goon. <laughs> to him, I salute right now. I'd just like to get dedicate this segment to him. Wherever you are, random white goon in the Chinese gang, you must have been a, a, a real badass to get in good with all those guys. But you went out like a punk. <laughs> he got punked out pretty fucking bad. He got shot by Jack. And this is the thing else. Jack, throughout this movie, there's like 46 deaths in the entire movie. And Jack is responsible for maybe six? No, I think it was actually only three. No, because he shot the three guys. One, one two. Oh, three. okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, some, some bigger things happen later on with, with uh, Jack's body count, but... For the most part, he's uh, he's just in these situations. He's just a regular guy. He's a truck driver. 
He, uh, you know, he likes... He doesn't he know likes, how to plug somebody. Yeah, he, he likes to drink his beer all night. He likes to gamble his money away. He's, he, basically, in this movie, he was just passing through. And he, he just, like, spirals into this whole huge... Uh, Event. Adventure, man. He, he, there's fucking magic, Chinese black magic. What would you do, Alex, if, if, if you were fucking... If you were driving the Pork Chop Express, see, see your buddy... And then you ended up doing Chinese black magic. Well, well if I was happen? involved in that situation, like Jack Burton always says, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So they escape, but Gracie gets kidnapped because Gracie also has green eyes. Oh, yes, yes. So, but And she's kidnapped by this weird green, sorry, orange sewage monster. <laughs> it, it looks like uh, Chewbacca, if he was on like a... Like a six-year heroin habit, if he was like a junkie, it, like he's all stringy hair, and you know, he's just not—he he doesn't look good. Good special effects, though. This movie had excellent special. Effects. Yes, very good. Like the animatronics are great. Uh, the costumes, excellent. They—they they really pumped some money into this movie to to, to realize the vision that yeah, the John Carpenter had. Yeah, the budget was pretty big. $25 million is a, is, a, is a nice amount to make for this movie. And so what happened was Long Story Short ends up with this huge big fight between Jack and Wang and their assistant whose name is, not their assistant, their quote-unquote mentor figure, who is this sorcerer named Egg Shang, played by Victor Wong from Three Ninjas fame. Three Ninjas and Tremors. Yep. And a slew of other movies I can't remember right now. Yeah, so a lot of movies, which we're not going to get into because we'd be here too long. (laughs) Yes, he, he was he was a, a great man, but in this movie he's a sorcerer. He is uh, he is Lopan's arch nemesis. He because uh, and he has his 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 six demon bag. Oh, the six demon bag. He has so much shit in his fucking bag. He's got he's got a, a crystal grenade launcher. He, he's got explosive gems. He's got a. A, uh, what is a, a gourd filled with some magic potion yes, the makes you see things no one else can see and do things no one else can do. Chair! Uh, this does what again exactly? Huge buzz. Oh, good. Buzz. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, I think I need a sip of some of that uh, magic potion there. Yep, we got some right here. As you can guess, we are partaking in some. Liquid courage while we're here. So it should be. Let me crack this one open here. Now, there we go. Yeah, so we're. You can have this noise in the background while we're here. But, either way, so it comes to this huge fight. Well, we're gonna. We should, could tell you the rest of all the other strange things happen, including the fact that Lopan is a ghost in his younger form, which we said before. And for some odd reason, he needs a tailor. Yes, very strange scene. Um. It, it didn't really make too much sense because throughout the movie, Lopan is described as a ghost. He he can't touch anything. The that's part of his curse is when he's in his his natural form, which is his younger self, the seven foot tall, uh, light shooting, uh, you know, truck passing son Crazy of a man, bitch. Yeah. He is. He. Um, he's he, Yeah, he, he like passes through objects. He he floats through a wall. He tries to grope Mao Ying at one point. He can't touch her boobies. You know, there's something going on there. But for whatever reason, he has a tailor. The guy's <laughs> the guy's measuring his inseam during the scene. 
didn't make too much sense, but they will like, let it slide. Like, you know how hard it is to you know how hard it is to do two thousand year old clothes. <laughs> I take it to cleaner. He's burn it. <laughs> Yo, oh, you can't dry clean two thousand year old stain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But. So. So what happens is he ends up deciding to marry both of them, Grace Law and Mao Ying. He's going to kill Grace Law, and then Mao Ying, he would have his earthly pleasures with... <laughs> <laughs> like I said, comes to a huge fight sequence, which again, Jack Burton proves himself useless, because after they drink from the magic gourd and drink the special medicine, they're all, they have all these amped up abilities, they're all hyperactive, and Wang Chi is kicking the hell out of rain. Wang Chi... He's the MVP he, of this movie. He he is incredible. He the thing about this movie too is they kind of reverse the the whole buddy flick. You you think you see Kurt Russell, you look at the the poster of the movie, Kurt Russell's the biggest one on it, you know. In the movie though, Wang Chi is the man. He 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 propels the plot. He knows all the story. He knows the he knows what's going on with Lo Pan. He knows what's going on with the girls. He knows what's going on with the White Tiger for God's sakes. He is what keeps Jack going on, and he gets his ass out of so many jams without and he without gets Wang the Chi. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, and he gets the girl. He he does it all, man. He, he Wang gets... Chi, Wang Chi is the real main character of the film, and Jack Burton's there along for the ride. Yeah, exactly. That's just it. That's it exactly. He's pretty much sidekick, and well, then you have um, besides that, well. Wang Chi's kicking ass. Jack's just kind of walking around, stumbling around all high and crazy. <laughs> he's, he's definitely high at this point. I don't know what John Carpenter slipped in Kurt Russell's drink for real, but it had to have been strong because he's he like, was <laughs> blazed, man. <laughs> yes, and one of the cooler things during the last huge climactic sequence is they actually represent magic in a really cool way with this, where you have Lopan and... Egg Shen using their magic abilities, these weird gems, and what happens is that you see them both shooting out this weird energy. Lopans is green and Egg Shen's is purple, and as they come together, usually in most movies you just see the, you see a ball of energy just pushing back and forth and back and forth, then explode and someone would get killed. Yes, not in this movie, not at all. You see the apparition of two uh, Chinese warriors, basically fighting within the energy. Incredible! It's it's so much thought went into that. Oh yeah, it went really well, and ending of the movie, as you could guess, since this does have thing, the bad guy is defeated, the girls are saved, everything's good. Jack gets his truck back, which was stolen, and well, most of the the Chang Sings are dead. I think. Oh, they're definitely <laughs> dead. Yeah, the only one at the end of the movie was Egg Shen. All the other guys that went in with him, man. There's probably a good 20, 30 guys that went down down into the, the trenches with, with uh, Jack and crew. But uh, only Egg Shen made it out, man. Yep, uh, and, of course, David Lopin, even though that we said that he's the sidekick of the movie, is taken out by Jack Burton. And then you have lightning, rain, and thunder. And rain gets taken out in a very cool way with a sword. And then you yes. have thunder, well... Thunder becomes giant cabbage patch. <laughs> Let's just say he hulks out and not in a good way. And you do see green at the end. And then lightning, he went out like a punk. I'm sorry, he went out really bad. He's just going, oh, I'm going to get you. I'm going to. He basically had Buddha dropped on his skull. <laughs> Egg Shen somehow miraculously just 
freaking muscled up and you gotta see it. it Giant bronze. It was, the it was the special. It was the magic potion. <laughs> it definitely, definitely was. They, they can't see. <laughs> this movie has a lot of cool elements in it. It's very cool. You have a lot of these very strange mythical pieces on it. The whole concept of the mythology where you have the one god. Uh, I don't remember his name, but yeah, hold on. It references to China. the was it the first emperor queen Xin Huang is referenced. This he's the one that they have to. That Lopan has to appease because he pissed him off. And then you have the whole concept of the whole universe that was flipped upside down, all the references to hell. And then even at one point, Egg Shan is talking about how the Chinese, how they have so many different choices for their religions. And they just kind of, you know, Taoism, Buddhism, Taoism, all these Confucianism, they just kind of take the parts they like and they just make their own thing, which is kind of a reference to today's society too, because that's how it kind of is nowadays. Yeah, it's pick and choose, whatever, uh, whatever floats your boat, really. Yeah, like a all-you-can-eat buffet. <laughs> uh, yes, and there's some other references, and there's a very surprise ending. And surprisingly, that's something I thought always was weird was that Jack doesn't get the girl. The girl obviously would just do him and do anything for him and he's just uh, kind of like I'm not going to kiss you I'm gone Jack Burton could have fucked Gracie Law six ways till Sunday man but you know what he didn't even kiss her goodbye he that is why Jack Burton is probably one of my all time movie idols simply for this role Kurt Russell is one of my favorite actors of all time mm-hmm. the reason why it's probably this movie oh yeah no this movie definitely Definitely is one of this is actually one of the first movies I've ever owned. My family loves it. I've seen it so many times. It's actually kind of one of the reasons I've got into Chinese and Japanese history and several other things, which I can't remember at the moment because, well, our magic potion has deprived my brain of much <laughs> knowledge. I remember watching this movie. Uh, I guess now I guess it would have been the late '80s um, on HBO when I was I don't know maybe younger than ten. And, uh, yeah, Capture My Imagination still does to this day. Yep, it's, this is a movie you can watch over and over, and it's, it's, very, it's well done, and it, it, I think it aged very well. Oh, yeah, de- oh, absolutely. Especially, especially like, um, the, uh, practical effects, you know, yeah. what they, what they use, the little, little tricks that are lost in, on today's, um, films, because they don't have to do tricks anymore. They plug it into a computer, and, and it magically makes special effects, but, Back in the day, you used to have to get a little creative and, uh, and pull I a few pref- tricks. I prefer the old, the old methods because mm. it's so much better. I mean, that's why I like movies like Labyrinth. I like movies where you had the actual prop. It's not just talk to the tennis ball. The tennis ball is there, and we're gonna make it into a huge monster <laughs> in the computer. No, it was okay. There's a giant monster right there, and you can see him, <laughs> and he looks retarded. You could there's a beholder in front of you, and you stab it with a sword. That is in the movie, by the way, just in case you were keeping track. <laughs> Yes, we, there's a lot we didn't cover, and that's because you have to see this movie. Yes, there is so much. We did a horrible synopsis of the plot. Well, no, we did awesome synopsis. Oh, we, we did a great one. But there is just so much so much happening in this movie. You have to literally see it. And earlier today, when we were watching the, the movie, me and Zan uh, found something that we never saw before, that we never noticed. Yes. After 20, 23 years, 24 years yeah. now... And We're still finding new stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's a, and that's one of the things that John Carpenter was good at. 
I mean, this movie, surprisingly, wasn't a success in the theaters, but... It, it lives on in everybody's hearts. Exactly. It lives on in everyone's hearts and will live on. And if they do remake it, I hope that the person is burned alive. Unless, yes. Unless, unless it's a sequel. And unless and unless Kurt Russell himself is in it. Mm. Well, maybe not. No, Kurt Russell is an older Burton. So, oh my God, I'm gonna get writing it right now. Okay, <laughs> where's my typewriter? Oh my God. Yes, typewriter. <laughs> All right, scene one is done. Oh, typewriters! I remember when those were popular. Most kids don't even know what the hell a typewriter. Oh is. man, the. The, the kids know what the VCRs are? They don't even know what an 8-track is. Oh, my God. Wait, no, 8-tracks was 70s. Never mind. They don't know what cassette is. <laughs> oh, cassette. Oh, my God. Oh, God, cassettes. <sighs> uh, back in the 80s. I cannot believe it's been... What is it? It's fucking 30 years. 30 fucking years. Since... Oh, God. Anyway, we're getting depressed and strange. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna... I'm gonna hang myself in the closet right after this is done. So uh, never mind about those glasses I asked for <laughs> earlier in this commentary. No, no, no. We still want the glasses. All right. Glasses yeah, I gotta be buried in those glasses. So again, if if, if you lost track, uh, contact uh, Zan here yep, and and, um, and yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk some money. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I'll pay we'll, a lot of money we'll for those glasses. But, Put on the glasses. Oh well, that's if you if you if we were gonna do that movie originally, we were gonna do another of John Carpenter's. No, great we'll, we'll we'll go. I tell you what, this went pretty well. We're coming back to do a supplemental, another John Carpenter film. Yeah, a little film we like to call. There's something new going down. <laughs> a little film starring Roddy Piper and Keith David in one of the best action fight sequences of all time is none other than They Live. They Live, a truly momentous movie. Oh, yes. Uh, so, I, I guess that's it. Um, I mean, we could still banter on for I don't know how long. How long is... Surprisingly, uh, it's only been 40 minutes. We thought we were going to talk for a long time. Time goes so slow. Holy Jesus Christ. Could have been worse. I mean... So what else is going on in this world of these power commodity? Well, as you can guess, I've been rather lazy lately, and I've been posting episodes rather late. You've noticed that, surprisingly, the last episode I posted was from probably November. It's because I've recorded all these episodes. I just haven't posted them because I've been kind of, life has been kind of stressed out because, one, I'm now a godfather slash I'm a uncle, so I have to take care of my nephew. Then I have my car situation, and then, of course, the fact that I work for the lovely state... And that job is just 24-7, so things have been kind of, yeah. But it doesn't matter because, well, I still love doing this. It's fun to do, and I have lots of manga to read, and we're getting into some very interesting topic, even though 86 sucked. You guys haven't gotten there yet. You're still on number 78 when it was still good. Because remember, I had all those mangas which I rolled, which were really awesome. Well, as you, you're going to hear soon, I'm going to get stuff which was so horrible, so bad, that I'm just like, what? Why am I getting these? You know, karma finally got me. Karma got me bad with a lot of bad shit. But, again, that's neither here nor there. And I know that some of you are like, wait, but how's he going to use the Wheel of Manga in this episode? Well, to be honest, not. 
because this is a movie review. And what am I going to give this movie? What are we going to give this movie? This momentous movie. Oh my God! Out of, oh, out of every, out of what possible things we could give this movie? Hmm. Well, since I have a five a five point rating, with five being really, really, really fucking cool. Your, if you don't watch this, your brain will freeze, your soul will freeze out, and your soul will be forfeit to the great Zoma Gustar. This goes beyond that. This is just one of the movies. We'll leave it at that. Uh, yeah, I, I, if you have a five-star uh, rating system, I'm going to have to give it six demons, man. Six <laughs> demon bag, baby. Exactly. Let's get to six. This is truly a momentous movie. And... If they have an idea like they did with the thing where they made a video game, they made a video game based on a picture of Little China. Oh my god, why hasn't that <laughs> not been done? They could have like at least 12 levels of just, you know, massive uh, kung fu action going on, you yeah, know? Yeah, but it'd be, you'd be playing as Wang Chi because if you were Jack Burton. <laughs> yeah, if you were Jack Burton, something would happen, you know, some rocks would fall on your head, you'd pass out for the battle and wake up after it's over just because, uh, you know. Jack can't be bothered with getting into too many fights. <laughs> well, or it could be like a sequel, like what they did with the thing where McGreedy was just kind of referenced at the end of the game, and the guy who helped you out is the the one guy. Oh, really? I didn't see. I never even played this. The game this was thing. kind. The thing game was kind of. Not, it wasn't bad. What was that for? That was PS2. PS2 and Xbox. Oh, okay. It wasn't a bad game because it was you went to after the. The, you came there like a year later, and they apparently escaped, which made no sense. But How, they could not have escaped at the end of the thing. If you guys are up on your John Carpenter's, at the end of the thing, Kurt Russell and Keith David are stranded, no shelter, no food, in Antarctica. So freezing to death. Yes. With a flamethrower and a stick of dynamite. <laughs> yes. But how the hell is he going to light a stick of dynamite? <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. I think that was like a, a metaphor for like, uh, you know, the eternal need for teamwork, you know? It's like they couldn't, they, they were getting nowhere fast. Because the thing is, I understand, if Keith David was the thing, he couldn't use the flamethrower because the fire would hurt him. But then on the other hand, if Kurt Russell was the thing and he lit the thing, he lit the, the dynamite, he'd die. So it's kind of... Man, I think they had to come together because basically, if you're gonna freeze to death, you might as well just blow up with a stick of dynamite. You know what I'm saying? I'd be like, all right, Keith, come here, man. You you got the flame. Light this baby up, and we're hugging each other and man, you going see out. Keith David or Kurt Russell turn into the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so which one in that one? Which one did you think was? So, yeah. I was I never really thought of it like that. I was like, oh, these two are the two alpha dogs. They they made it to the end, badass, unscathed. They're just untrusting of each other, even though uh, you know Nothing they made it all the way to the end. Uh, that's what I believe, anyway. I it determines when I first saw it. I thought that day Keith David was infected with the ending. No, oh, really. I thought he was infected. But I thought about what if it was the whole time Kurt Russell was infected. I mean, that would be a bizarre twist, of course, but yeah. I just couldn't, I just, I always hoped that it would never be revealed, just because... It, it never was, which it, is awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I, and, at least they didn't do a Blade Runner freaking... He's the, he's the, he's, he's the thing. No, let's remake it again. <laughs> he's the thing. No, let's remake it again. They're not the thing. No, they're both the thing. No, I'm the thing! That'd be funny if they were both the things, like, well, how are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> just look at each other. <laughs> 
<laughs> transmitting signals in alien uh, alien language. It's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> One of the best movies with Wilford Brimley without the mustache. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, well, if you weren't around the 80s, you don't understand about the, the Quaker Oats guy. No, we, we know him now for his diabetes. <laughs> My name's Wilford Brimley and I have diabetes. No, it's diabetes. You, <laughs> <laughs> you get yourself some help right now. Because I'm Wilford Brimley. Yeah. I don't know why I'm doing well. This, this, this is what happens when uh, when I drink the special potion. <laughs> exactly. You guys can go out completely off. But um, what was it? So let's see now. We could do They Live. Definitely They Live. They Live. We could do, well, of course we talked about Bernies and the nerds. But which nerds and which Bernies? You know what we should do? Maybe we should do like a, uh, just the best of the 80s, freaking, just like one long, bip, 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 you know, like. Go over all three of them, all, what movies would we do? If you guys want, send us an email of what you think were best movies. Yes, what would you like? Because without you, none of this is possible. Well, it is. I mean, I've known Zan for years now, and, uh, you know, he used to do this back in his, uh, tape recorder. He's still got a pile of those tapes somewhere. Yep, oh wait, there they are. Burn them! <laughs> burn them all. That's what I'll be. No, we have to keep them safe until the day I'm homeless, and I can just burn them in a in a garbage can. <laughs> keep us warm with my memories. <laughs> uh, with the nerds. 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 Uh, let's see now. Nerds got. Bernie's got. They live. What about that other John Carpenter movie? The one Escape from New York? Yes. Classic Kurt Russell, man. But should we Kurt do... Russell and me is like fucking... I'm like a heroin junkie when it comes to Kurt Russell. Well, what about his last movie? Which... What was his last movie? Um... Uh, I think he was... Uh, Vanilla Sky, I think. Mm, didn't see that. Yeah, it was, Kurt, it was a Tom Cruise movie. Last time I saw... No, I... no his last movie was... Uh, I am aware that we could just go to IMDb or we're really lazy right now. Yeah, I'm just trying to use wasted brain cells right now. Exactly. To... Actually, the last, last, well, it doesn't really count, but the last time I saw Kurt Russell was at the uh, Yankees World Series games. Uh, That's right. At the time, uh, Kate Hudson was dating A-Rod. Uh, and guess who, uh, you know, is with Goldie Hawn? That's Kurt Russell, baby. Yeah, well, not anymore. I'm surprised that. What? They broke up. What? Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn? Yeah. When the fuck did this happen? Last year. No way, dude. Oh. My. I know, I know. God. I know. Oh my God. Oh man. They were they were the, the, the couple we thought would last forever. They weren't even married. No, are you serious? I really didn't know that? Ah, oh, great! I look like a fucking dickhole. I'm like, oh yeah, I love Kurt Russell. <laughs> and then uh, no, no, yeah. no, she she was on the left, if I remember correctly. Really? Oh no, 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 I'm not. I'm not saying you know anti Kurt Russell. You know, if, if he left her, it was probably for a fucking good reason. Probably because she wasn't giving him his Jack Burton juice. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, that's Jack uh, Burp, Jack Bourbon. Jack Bourbon. <laughs> Speaking that's, of which, that's, I, a, that's a good name for a freaking beer. Jack Bourbon. Jackie Bourbon. That'd be a restaurant. Jack. You may name it all after Kurt Russell. Got Jack Bourbon. 
What do you call? What would be? A, it would be like a snake. Nah. Uh, no. Could you imagine having like a, a themed restaurant and like all, all of your all of your food, like all your burgers, were named after Kurt Russell characters? You had the Jack Burton. You had the fucking the McCready. The, the fucking Captain Ron. <laughs> Captain Ron. <laughs> it's <laughs> that. Oh man. The Captain Ron. What would it be like? Fish and chips. Yeah, it'd be like no, it'd be like a fish sandwich, like a fish fillet with like a French fry, burnt French fry on top. And we and we copyright this right now. The, the, yes, the interwebs is, has heard this. We have. We, this is our idea for our Kurt Russell themed uh, burger joint, which no one will go to. <laughs> they prefer to go to the Daniel Day Lewis Steakhouse across the street, or. Who's another 80s superstar? Who was the no. f- fucking Andrew McCarthy uh, House of Soup? <laughs> there's only two movies. I know. There's only two soups. It's more like a soup shack, pretty much. <laughs> no, it's a, it's one of those uh, like the calculage. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like you could still have a hot dog stand. The Andrew McCarthy hot dog stand. All the condiments are named after titles of movies he's been in. <laughs> What's another one? Um, who's that other superstar? Oh, the uh, no Arnold Schwarzenegger. We can't get into because we that'd be too long. Yeah, it'd be. Because unfortunately, I will say this: that AWO and of course, greatest movie ever, and Dave and Joel. They those podcasts of them reviewing the Schwarzenegger movies are gold. Not gonna lie, they are gold. But we could beat them on Gary Busey movies, though. <laughs> I don't know about that one. He All has right. like 200 Let- Gary Busey movies and his short-lived Me and Gary. <laughs> Does this include his home movies? The, the leaked ones? Or, where he's just screaming at Jake and like shining his teeth and stuff? <laughs> Jake Busey. Whatever happened to him? He did Starship Troopers and that was it. He was in Starship Troopers 3. They made a third one too. They made a second and a third one. Oh, what was the second one? What was the one with the with the weird? Uh, it was like a thing, like they're in the brains or something like that. Second one. That was when they were going crazy and shit. And the third one was just the return of Casper Van Dien. Oh. Who he's another has been. Yeah, he was. He... Wasn't it, he was in some movie that was like a good movie that was like a like a based on a book series. He was like Tarzan or something. I don't remember. Yeah, he wasn't a Tarzan movie. What? It was it Tarzan? Or... It wasn't like Tarzan. Tarzan though. It was oh, wait, some no. mythical... No, I think it was Tarzan. He was definitely in, like, a cheesy Tarzan movie. I'm thinking of... Uh, the other one I'm thinking of was uh, Greystoke with... Uh, with McLeod. Yes, yes, the Highlander. Yes, it's a shame that they ruined that series. That was, that was a good... Well, yeah, the that, Highlander well, series Well, supposedly they're going to re- relaunch in that. Really? Yep. It's like a reboot? Yep. They're, they're not going to have Bam Bam Bigelow in the opening scene, though, I tell you that. That's for sure. Right, he was. Was he? Yeah, in that? yep. Bam, Bam, figure on the opening sequence, but the during the fight sequence when they're playing. We that are, was at MSG, man. That was. Uh, yes, that's pretty cool. Yes, and the and the and the twin towers were in that. Another thing which you kids don't probably fucking remember or even know what the twin towers are. <laughs> oh man, I hope your audience isn't that young. No, nah, we're, we're they're not that young. I have my audience ranges from anywhere between fifty down to I think. I hope they're not that old. Fifty to eleven. The av- Send me a poll of your age so I can figure out exactly how old you are. I know some of you guys are early twenties, early four, 
you know, 14 years old through 30. I know that, but uh, who's my oldest and who's my youngest? Yes, gotta have a contest. There will be no prizes. No, there well, will be a prize. The prize well, okay. will be the, 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 your name being admitted on this podcast for infamy purposes. Yes, and if it is an... If the oldest uh, if the oldest listener is a lady, <laughs> send a picture to one seven three nine eight seven six four Pearly Street. All right, that's behind the washroom. <laughs> oh man! Uh, so I think this is it for this this supplemental episode of Spark and Long Review. Like I said, we're probably gonna do more of these because last time I did a supplemental, you guys had a ball with it. So we're gonna do some more of these. And we should get more people on this for next time. Do a major round review on something much more. Probably they live is going to be next, and then we got to get Corrado on that one. That will, that will, he, no, we need he, him for for that one. But then I think we need uh, Mr. Superman for Bernie. Really? He's obsessed with the movie. Are you he, serious? He quotes it. He knows it by heart. Weekend of Bernies. We're talking about. He memorized the movie. That's funny. Ashley loves uh, my girlfriend. Uh, loves Weekend of Bernie's. This Bernie's like, it's like, it's like he's still alive. <laughs> it, it's, you know what's funny? That that movie was a hit, and then they had to come up with ways that, to make a sequel. Obviously, the sequel was actually really good, and it had nudity in it. I I watch the sequel whenever it's on TV. I don't know why. Just because I like seeing. I think we should all do that for Halloween. We should all just dress like <laughs> <laughs> sit outside You gotta time. have the one guy playing Calypso music, though. <laughs> have the one guy moving and the rest of them just kind of like... <laughs> and I, I guarantee people are going to know exactly who we are. <laughs> all parents will know who we are anyway. <laughs> Get out of here, you old kids! <laughs> it's like if you were old enough to, to know what... Weekend at Bernie's was, and you dress for it like Halloween. You should not be trick or treating. <laughs> but if you're drunk, you're, they're fine. Yes. We're at a Halloween party. Right. Or if we go, all right. Yep. So I think that's it for this episode of the Spark and Mong Review Supplemental uh, Movie Review. Well, this will be the Spark and Movie Review. And thank you, Deke. I appreciate you coming here. Thank you very much. Zan, it's been a pleasure, everybody. I hope you had a. A, a, a nice time listening. I uh, hope you gained some insight. I hope you had a laugh. I hope you didn't shit your pants. And I hope you did shit your pants at the same time. Have a great night. It's been fun. Yep, and as usual, you can feel the wind is rising.
Some wild-eyed eight-foot-tall maniac grabs your neck, taps the back of your favorite head up against a barroom wall, and he looks at Christian in the eye, and he asks if you've paid your dues. Well, you just stare that big sucker right back in the eye, and you remember what old Jack Burton always says at a time like that. Have you paid your dues, Jack? Yes, sir, the check is in the mail.